You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we We had to go back. Did we, though? Oh, yes, we did. Uh, I feel like that's debatable. Welcome back to No Love Lost, <laughs> the podcast where we relitigate the hit ABC series Lost. Oh, are we, are we litigating right now? Because, Your Honor, <laughs> I have several objections. I am Will Link. With me as always. I'm Megan Salinas. Hey guys. Um, and we're gonna be talking about season one, episode thirteen, Hearts and Minds. Boo. I thought you <laughs> I thought wait. I, I thought you were about to turn that into a boon. No. I thought it was gonna be boo. Were, were you saying boo? Boo earns. I was saying boo, Will. <laughs> I thought it was going to end with a boon. I no. take it you don't like this episode. Okay, my initial thoughts are this episode is fine. It's well put together. It's well written. It's well acted. It's fine. Does that mean that I enjoy it? No. This is the this is straight up the first episode. I'm like, fuck you, show. Well, it, it's interesting because it. Uh, I was looking at the credits because we're trying to remember to do the directors <laughs> and writers. Um, and it is directed by uh, Rod Holcomb and written by Javier Grillo, Mark Swatch. I, <laughs> I can't pronounce name. But here's the more interesting thing. Yeah. No, Will, I think the most interesting thing about this is you trying to parse out this person's name. It is written by, the first episode written by Carlton Coos, who Carlton Coos ends up being co-showrunners with Damon Lindelof as the show goes on. Oh, and, no. And this is the oh. first episode that he has a writing credit on. He was already an executive producer credit, but this is the first one he had a writing credit on. So, like, something inside me knew. <laughs> something inside me just knew. It might not be Lindelof you have no. a problem with. It's Carlton. Maybe. I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions because we're not in the writer's room. We're not. We don't or, know who's doing what. Or jump to conclusions. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> I, it, didn't, it didn't play. It didn't play like it played in my head. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get that joke. I'm sorry. Um... But it's a boon episode. Yeah. There's a reason. Well, what's your point? <laughs> well, you seem excited, Will. I'm well, not excited. We don't have many of these, but I guess there's also a reason why. <laughs> there's a reason why Boone didn't make it past the first season. Well, here's the thing: like when he meets 
Right. Uh, we should probably go ahead and say right off the bat, if this is for whatever reason is your first episode, we spoil everything. So Someone was like, I've never <laughs> watched the show before and I've never listened to the podcast, <laughs> but I'm jumping into this episode. I hope there's no spoilers about future episodes. I'm going to listen to Hearts and Minds. You never know, man. You never know. Um, I don't recall who said it. Um it might have been Stan Lee. It might have been another comic writer. But there's uh, somebody out there said that, hey, every comic is someone's first comic. So you should always give it their all. Every podcast is someone's first podcast. It's, uh, yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. So, spoiler alert. I heard a similar story about an athlete. I can't remember which athlete or which sport. <laughs> Aren't we just a fountain of information for our listeners? But they said they said something along the lines. There's some kid in the stands who's never seen. Maybe it was Willie it's Mays. His first game. That sounds like something yeah. Willie Mays would have said. Every game kid, is someone's first game. Some kid who's never seen Willie Mays play. <laughs> I don't know if Willie Mays said that. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, we are talking about boom. And uh, can we go back to talking about Willie Mays? <laughs> <laughs> he was to say, "Hey, kid." Um, let's 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 start. Let's start with the flashback. Should we start uh, with the flashback? <laughs> okay. Whatever. Something happens in this flashback that I feel is going to upset you, or did upset it you. It did upset. It upset me then, and it upsets me now. And had I known it was going to set a trend for television for the rest of my life, I would have stopped watching television. I am going to. Well, I want to get to what that trend is in a second. But first, we start with the boom. You know what it is. I know what it is. We'll but get I, to it. I'm, I'm going to push back on it when we get to it. It's fine. It's fine. So, boom, Megan's head is at the table while I begin, just so you, in case you were wondering. Uh, starts off Boone's at a country club playing tennis like the rich prick he is. Yeah. I mean, so far everything checks out, right? And he gets a call from Shannon. Which... Can we just say that he didn't exactly look all that sweaty? I don't think he's actually playing. <laughs> I don't think he's that good. <laughs> that might be it, too. Maybe um, when you're rich, it, you get, like, other people to play, and you just sort of dress up for it. Megan, here's the thing. If you suddenly became really rich, you'd be hanging at country clubs. Don't no, matter that wouldn't. you don't. Yeah, you don't. Don't matter that you don't play tennis. You'd be just hanging out. It just happens. No, it just happens. they can spot new money, Will. <laughs> I would never belong with them in the upper echelons of society. With those richers. <laughs> the um, old money would not welcome me. No, the only time I'm ever at a country club is when someone's rented it out for a wedding. That's the only time. I think I've been to, like, a golf course once when I was little. But, yeah, I have to agree. The only time I've ever been to any place fancy is when someone's getting married. It's like, oh, it's so-and-so's retirement party. We booked it at the blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, this has been Country Club Talk with Will and Megan. <laughs> uh, but Boone is playing tennis, and he gets a call from Screaming Shannon. Something's wrong. She's in Sydney. And Boone being the guy who always wants to help and always wants to be there for better or worse he shows up in sydney takes a 15-hour flight i imagine he left right from that country club yeah probably and he shows up at the door 
and some big guy Brian, big guy, Brian, big yeah. Aussie Brian, is like, oh mate, what, what's this about? <laughs> Who are you? Uh huh. <laughs> Sorry, I love the I love the accent. <laughs> and uh, then he sees Shannon, mm-hmm. and Shannon's like, what are you doing here? What? Uh huh. Like what? I didn't call you. What? And she pushes her hair back, mm-hmm. revealing a bruise, and, and- it's. And you, yo, go ahead, go ahead. It's clear she is sending him a signal. Yeah, that that was clearly meant to be a cry for help. I'm a damsel in distress, Boone. Come and save me. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And Which we come to find out is openly manipulative, not a cry for help. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Sending him a signal. Sending him a signal because she knows he's going to jump into action. She knows she she knows that. Boone will do anything for. And he goes to the police. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, hey, Brian's beating up my, my sister. sister. Now, this scene is very interesting in the way it's staged. <laughs> I, I did I did love this little tiny bit. It made me laugh, and I'm like, aw, that's great. Oh, wait, which which bit are we talking when about? When he's in the police station, and a, a familiar face. Oh, and face a familiar pop- face. I was, yeah, okay, yes. There's something <laughs> else that, that I think is weird in the scene. But there's all of a sudden, and it's one of the first, is it the first time we've had a character who's not involved in someone else's story, like, cross in a flashback not not necessarily because in house of the rising sun we get jack having his big oh, counter moment yeah. as sun's debating leaving her husband yeah uh but it's the first time outside of like airport shenanigans yeah yeah it's it's the first time outside of the airport you're you're absolutely right and we see sawyer's getting dragged in he's arrested for something he's mad that they're not hearing his side of the story <laughs> And the cop's like, you know, if you told me that guy abused your sister, then I could do something about it. Because I guess he sees the guy's an asshole? I don't know. I, because the guy was already in police custody? Yeah, I, maybe. Okay. I've never, luckily, I've never, ever, ever in my lifetime had to report a case of domestic abuse. Yes. And I certainly don't know anything about law enforcement in Australia. I, yes. I will be the first to admit that. But I don't know. I would think that they would take some sort of action. I, I would think that they wouldn't be this dismissive. I, uh, I don't think they would be this dismissive. But at the same time, I'm like, may, like I mean, but I feel like bare minimum, they would have you file a report. Just so something's on record. Yeah. Because, and I think that's what would happen. Because because the fact of the matter is, if somebody I knew was being abused and I went to the cops and said this, I mean, who am I? They don't know what's going on. I'm not the person being abused. I mean, it's a that's shame, but I true. imagine their but hands are tied. That's but, true. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, they're cops. They probably see this all the time. So, bare minimum, make a report. And then, uh, I don't know, like, at least if something's on record. Least, and oh, I, you know what? Look in the system and see, has this guy abused somebody before? Do we have any other reports on this guy? There kind of you thing. go. Yeah, yeah. Do a, I don't know if you can just ask them to do a background check. Um, but something, 
I don't know. This this makes me wonder whether or not the the cop was in on it in some capacity. Like he was no, he was no, on the take. Because, that's too like, conspiratorial. I don't know if my brother went to the cops and was like, "My sister is being abused by her boyfriend. Do something." I don't think the cops would be like, "Get out of here, you asshole!" Like this guy was a total dick. He wasn't Randy levels of dickishness, <laughs> but like it it seemed unrealistic. And granted. I don't know, being a cop's hard, but this this whole thing, I was just like, really? You're Not only are you not doing anything, but you're going to be jerks about it? Well, and here gets to the other thing. He also seemed extra dismissive about a very important fact that we learn in this episode. When it's pointed out that Shannon is Boone's stepsister. This is where we learn this. And he makes a big deal of it, almost as if, what do you care? She's not even blood. He even says, not blood, which is said for two... I think it said, (laughs) one, he's saying it in a way that it's like, what do you care? As if he wouldn't have feelings for this person. As if, like somehow them not being biological brother and sister in any way shape or form means that Boone should just ignore her cries for help but then it's also he says it so deliberately and so slowly because he's we've spent 13 episodes being like this is brother and sister and he is purposefully setting us up for something that I think is going to upset you in a few scenes, and we'll get to it in a minute. Uh, I just want the listeners to know that I don't have nearly enough whiskey on hand to freaking huh. deal with this. You know, you were just sipping that whiskey till we got to that, and now you're really... Now it's gone. Now it, it's, it's, it's just... It, it's just it, there's just a little bit left, and this isn't going to be enough to last me through the episode. <laughs> we might have to take our first ever whiskey break. So Boone goes back to the house. Uh-huh. No, no, he goes, he goes and finds Brian on the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, I will, he bribes Brian to just try to get him to leave. And says, I've done this before. Three other guys. You think you're the first one? Which, oh, God, Boone, Boone. He's like, I am going to, I'm going to offer you 25,000. Brian gets him to double it to 50. And Boone pays it over without batting an eye. Then he goes to Shannon to get her. But guess what? Brian's there, too. Brian shows up. And we find out in a show with a lot of con men, Shannon... Is also a con man. <laughs> this is all... He's a I mean, con artist. She wasn't even... I mean, she's not getting abused. She's setting Boone up. She's setting him up so they get the money because... As Brian says, she's owed it from Boone's mother. She feels she's owed something. She's got a little chip on her shoulder. Uh, Apparently, Boone's mother seemingly has um, screwed Shannon out of her inheritance, is what it seems like. Implying that Shannon's father is dead. Yes. Um, And, you know, and Boone's mother does run the biggest wedding wedding company i don't (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
As if that's supposed to. He says that. So, but you know what? If that's I actually, didn't, if I didn't hate him enough already, I'm like, you're the heir to an industry. You know, to the to the biggest uh, person in the industry that scams young people out of their hard earned money because the the institution of marriage, it like the entire thing. It's like it's all a scam. The entire industry. It's a scam. Well, we're never getting any wedding sponsors and good. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> so um, I but it, it's a great little character thing when Boone does bring up his mother's because it just it's a moment of where you see his entitlement too. yeah, as if this would as matter to anyone. This, you know, the number one wedding conglomerate, I guess, in America mattered at all to this random cop in Australia. The only one who, the only people who would know it are possibly brides-to-be. Brides-to-be or or other people in the industry. Yeah. Like, literally no one else. <laughs> um, so, basically it was a con, and Boone leaves being ripped off of 50 grand. And punched in the face a couple times. Does get punched in the face a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and now let's just get to it because this is the this is what this is what the people came here for. Uh, did they? I'm sorry, guys. So <laughs> Boone's in his hotel room. Shannon shows up and is like, Brian took the money, and Boone's like, of course he did. He's a piece of crap. Every guy you're with's a piece of crap. And Shannon is like, I knew you would come. I know you always come. Because you're in love with me. And Boone resists for half a second. But he has always wanted her. And they start making out. And yada, yada, yada. And they bang, Will. They bang. Ugh. What's interesting is what I thought about a lot was... (laughs) <laughs> this is clearly right before their flight. This is clearly yeah, they're about they're, to leave. they're in Australia. Yeah, they're in Australia. And it also explains a lot more of Boone's behavior and their dynamic on the island. Because it's not just that he's pining for her. It's like he... It's for possessive. La- well, for, for lack of a better word, he had her. And now he doesn't. And it literally just happened before this big tragedy that they're all part of. Uh, now, in, in Boone's defense. Go for it. <laughs> I mean, she's using him. And, Not disputing that. And emotionally manipulating him. Uh-huh. To further what she wants. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> now, I'm assuming what you are upset about... Because I know these <laughs> you things know upset me. you. You know me. Is the implications of incest? Yes. But it's not incest. But they, they, it's borderline incest because they were raised as brother and sister. And a lot of their interactions on the island, they act like brother and sister. Yes. And this, I'm not going to say it's the first instance on TV of incest, but like I said, had I known that this was going to set a trend, it's less so much that this is a bad trope. I'm not fond of it. But it's just a trope that happened to come up a lot in the last, 
I don't know, six years of my entertainment coverage. Game I of suppose. Thrones. Game of Thrones. True Blood had step-siblings banging. Oh, that's there's right. A, there's a lot of anime that does it. <laughs> it makes me so upset. Um, they're like... Uh, even books like for a there for a good while i could not get away from incest plot lines and like even in cases where i would grab a book and go hey this has been on my to read list for a long time and i would read it and there'd be a big old plot twist about surprise incest and i was just like even studio ghibli is not immune from this you were you were even bothered by on orphan black when yeah Susan Duncan was sleeping with a clone that she clearly helped create. Well, because it was like a mother daughter. It was a mother son. Mother son, yes, sorry. But the thing that bothered me more was when the caster clones were tracking down Lita clones, sleeping with them. Oh, that's right, yeah. Kind of incestuous. It is incest. They're literal clones of each other, Will. It's gross. Uh, Did you like the movie Clueless? That's also an excellent example. And thank goodness Paul but, Rudd is so adorable. But I think I think Clueless is... But it's an adaptation of the book Emma. I think it is... And that was a popular trope in, like, Victorian times or whatever. But I think that's close to what this situation is. What? Like, the relationship is the same. It's just a trope I'm sick and tired of. It grosses me out because I have siblings. It makes me feel but uncomfortable. But I mean, they're not related. They're not siblings, but they act like it. Let me tell you what. You suddenly, you got this hot stepbrother. Ew! Out of nowhere. I don't know where he came from. He's your hot stepbrother. And he's into you. I would pack up my bags and leave the country. <laughs> I would do exactly what Shannon did and leave the country. Although, I would not then... Here's the thing, Well, You think I'm going to defend Shannon or I'm going to, um, you know, rally against Boone or that somehow this whole situation makes me hate Boone as a person. No. This, like, it just happens to be a plot line that I despise and a trope that I despise because I've been surrounded by it for several years and I've never been fond of it to begin with. I I like that this podcast (laughs) has gone from me trying to get you to like Lost to me trying to get you to admit a situation in which you would engage in what you view as incest. This is where we've gone. This is some great podcasting. This is where we've gone. No, because I hate Shannon in this episode just as much as I hate Boone. Every person in this scenario is a garbage human being, and I don't care for it. Locke's an asshole, Boone's an asshole, Shannon's an asshole in this episode, Brian's an asshole, the cop's an asshole. The only people that aren't assholes are Kate and Son, and oddly enough, Jack, (laughs) and Hurley and Charlie, because Hurley and Charlie are always wonderful. Jin's not an asshole in this one either. No, he's and delightful. he can be an asshole sometimes. He can be. In the be, early goings of the series. But he's wonderful. Okay, well, let's <laughs> What a get, wonderful man. Well, since we've gone through this flashback, and we've basically set it all up here, let's go to the island. <sighs> and we begin on the island with uh, Saeed and Shannon. Saeed brings Shannon a gift, and Boone is creepily watching. Can, can I just go ahead and say that even though I don't necessarily like 
Shannon and Saeed together, as, as we discussed in the last episode, I buy their chemistry actually a lot. Um, well, well, you know what? So much of this series takes place after, spoiler, Shannon dies. Yeah. And then so much of Saeed's storyline goes back to being about Nadia, and, you know, he becomes one of the oceanic... Uh, how many was it? Five? Oh. Who get, <laughs> who get off the island. Or six. Oh, my God. Um, but he, he's one of the... <laughs> it's been a and, minute. And, and Saeed goes through such a journey and a lot of changes mm-hmm. that we forget about Shannon. So then when, at the end of the series, the idea, at least, of Shannon comes back into play with Saeed, it felt kind of false. But re-examining the series and going back to the beginning, I didn't realize how close and how flirty they got so soon in the series. Like, to me, it felt like it was a... Like, if you were to ask me about uh, a couple months ago, I would have said, this is something that comes out of nowhere. But now re-watching, I'm like, oh no, they actually did a lot of laying of groundwork here. I don't know about laying of groundwork, but like like I said, I buy the perform. Like I feel like it came out of nowhere in uh, the last episode where he's like, uh, like I'm going to randomly be frustrated with you even though I asked you to help and you told me you couldn't, uh, but I, I insisted anyway, and I'm going to get frustrated with you, and then she actually does solve it at the end, and he's smitten by her. I did think that that came out of nowhere and that that rang a little false. However, here... Just looking at the chemistry between the two actors, seeing their interaction, I'm like, okay, I buy it in this. If you ask me to take a step back and look at it plot-wise, I still say it's forced AF, and I still think that Saeed and Kate would be better and more interesting. That being said, we're going to have to step away from that, because if I come back to that in every single episode, this podcast is going to get too repetitive. Uh (laughs) Well, luckily, the episode gets a little bit away from it. Because yeah. after Boone tells Saeed, like, stay away. Oh, but, oh. but admittedly, <laughs> admittedly. And you know what he says, Will? He says, stay away from my sister. He says, stay away from my sister, Will. Yeah. 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 And you're going to tell me it's not incest? Gross. Yeah, because he's clearly viewing her as his well, sister. Well, he's, but, but I he's mean, viewing okay. her both as his sister and as the bitch who emotionally manipulated well, him and dumped him. Okay, in fairness to Boone, he is dealing with a lot of complicated emotions here. (laughs) A lot of which that's not equipped to deal with, clearly. No, but a lot of this is also her. She she stirred the pot here. That's why I don't like either of them in this episode and in this flashback because she's openly manipulative and then, like, she uses him in every definition of the word in this episode. That being said... He's, he might have come to her rescue to be her white knight or whatever, but at the same time, even though he didn't necessarily engage with her until she was drunk and was insisting on it, he feels entitled to her. And now that they've slept together, now that they've banged, he feels that even more so. And her rejecting him after they slept together, basically saying, let's just go back to the way things were. We'll just pretend this never happened. Um, he resents her for it. He feels entitled to her. True, she used him and emotionally abused him. 
he's just as emotionally abusive back to her because he feels entitled to her and because he's angry that he was used. So it's a mutually toxic relationship. Yeah, they and they can both fuck off for all I care. They, 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 they don't have a... Uh... They're not good. No, together. they're not good. They are toxic together. So I get the lesson at the end of this episode. But does that mean I feel like John Locke is justified at the end of this episode? No, he's okay, just well, let's, as bad. Let's get, let's get to John Locke. Okay. Well, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to disrupt the flow of the podcast, but I am very angry by this episode not because it's badly written it's just because these characters are infuriating and i i want to i want to emphasize that this is not a poorly written episode i just hate it and it's okay it's, to not this, like things this, sometimes this, this this happened to touch on characters you're not crazy about to begin with and now we're delving into them in in upsetting ways. Yeah, it was even worse. They somehow took two people I didn't like and made them even worse. But a character I do like is John Locke. That makes one of us. No, in general, I like. In general, you don't like him. I don't like him here. Okay, well, I that, don't that's, like di- him that's here. different. I in, think in... this is some of John Locke at his worst. I mean, from a moral standpoint. Yeah, um, I, I, I have a, a lot of moral issues with what he ends up doing as well. It, so, it shocked me back then, and it shocks me now. So Locke is, you know, Locke basically grabs Boone like, we're going to go off to hunt boar, wink, wink. And, <laughs> and they, you know, for, for all of my complaining about Shannon, she can spot a liar now. Like, she ne- didn't necessarily see it with Brian, but she knows when her brother is lying. She knows when her brother is giving her bullshit. Oh, cause she's good at manipulating people. Yep. She manipulated Charlie earlier in the season. Yeah. Catch that fish. Cause she's not a good person. Um. <laughs> so. She's a bad person, Will. In the same way that Boone is a bad person. She is a bad person, but I think there's hope for redemption from everybody. Nah. Like I said, I'd feel differently if their character arcs went anywhere. Okay, well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get away we'll from We'll table Shannon that. For a bit. We'll table that. We're gonna have to get we gotta get to this lock. Stuff. Long story short, they both die like idiots. <laughs> um so Locke uh, there's a lot of mystery behind Locke in this episode, and I liked it. This is uh, here's what I liked about the Locke stuff in this episode. I almost like the stuff that Locke's not part of. I like the mythologizing of Locke. Uh in everybody this talking about him. There's uh if uh, if I could, Charlie says at one point, if there's one person who, like, Jack is doing a little bit of an investigation, mm-hmm. in a way, about Locke. And, good instincts, Jack. <laughs> and I know we normally rag on Jack, but I say good instincts, Jack, in this episode. Uh, Charlie says, basically, if there's one person I trust to get us off of this island, it's John Locke. Uh, Boone, at one point... Uh, says that John Locke's the only person who has a clue what's going on here, uh, which is also true. It's I mean, true you're, to an extent, but let's be honest, he's I mean, just as naive well, as look, everybody else. He gets conned, too. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, he can tell that something about this island is special, and in his case, miraculous. Yeah. But he is uh, blinded by his faith. Well... I mean, the, the thing is, John needs a little bit of Jack in him, and Jack needs a little bit of John in him. 
if, or if they the, both need to step aside and just let Kate lead the island. I mean, that's fine too. <laughs> uh, but there's there's all this talk about, and then it's like, oh, is he? Like, how come he hasn't found any boar? Like, is he hoarding the food? Is he keeping it to himself? Like, what's happening? And I like that little gossipy buildup of like, who is John Locke? Because the man, even though we know why he buys into the power of this island. Nobody else does. Yeah, and it's... The only person who knows is Walt. And it's fun for us as viewers to start to see the people kind of do their detective work and start to wonder. Yeah, there's there's a certain level of dramatic irony there because nobody else knows about this miracle that happened to John Locke, um, which, again, you know, you think if, uh, if John Locke had told the doctor, oh, yeah, I was a paraplegic, like, three weeks ago. It was crazy. <laughs> Um, John- I got to this island, and now, now I'm better. <laughs> yeah. Magic Island. Magic Island. So they go, him and Boone have been going to the hatch. Mm-hmm. They've been digging up around the hatch. And you're right, there's a religious zealotry. There's, it almost reminded me of those like people who think the rapture is going to happen. Like, Locke is like, this hatch is important. This hatch will, will I mean, it, it's going to deliver us it's, something. It's going to deliver us to something. I commend his... Zealotry? Instincts for at least looking at this hatch as being important. Well, because it obvious, I mean, it obviously is because somebody built that on this island yes, where there's nobody. It's important, but... At the same time, he goes about it so irresponsibly. And let's not forget that, like, food is important on this island. um, And they are very much lying to everybody about what they're actually doing. You'd think John John Locke would be able to delegate and actually go and hunt to, you know, provide a cover story. Yeah, you would would think. But he's so... No, this is what's important, and also the other people aren't ready to know about. Like Boone wants to be more honest with the yeah. people on the island. John Locke is hoarding it to himself and, because he thinks he was chosen. And a lot of this episode is John breaking Boone from this idea and basically telling Boone this is more important. See. This is what I'm talking about, Will. John Locke is setting up a cult. Well, no, I <laughs> he wrote He was the... setting up a cult. You didn't believe me. <laughs> I wrote the word cult down somewhere in my notes here because, you know... He tortures Boone and breaks him down emotionally dr- to get him to join his cult. And drugs him. And drugs him, yes. Um, and Although, but... how much of that is a drug and how much is that is Smoke Monster Island magic? I would ass- that you bring up an excellent point. He left a drugged, tied-up man in a jungle where there is a goddamn smoke monster that kills people. <laughs> Fuck you, John Locke. Well, you know, let's let's. Well, one one other thing that while they're working on this hatch too, let's not forget Claire's still missing, and John Locke and Kate. As, as much as I hate to admit it, John Locke is one of the most qualified people to keep searching for her. Like, I know that the trail went cold. I know that it's dangerous to go out and look for her. But at this moment, they're not even attempting it. No one's attempting to find Claire in this moment. So. That's true. Awesome. 
it's good to know that John Locke feels like the best use of his time isn't finding the pregnant woman who met missing or finding food for all of the other survivors on the island. His priority is digging up a goddamn hole. Um, the... Well, I mean, but, but the hatch is important. I mean, a minute ago, important, and a minute ago, you said that John Locke's instincts about the hatch... His instincts about the hatch are correct in terms of it being important. And let's be honest, the best character of the show is waiting down there. <laughs> He's just waiting for, for somebody to blow open that hatch. But that being said, there are bigger fish to fry in this scenario. Like I said, delegate. Boone's strong. He can dig a stupid hole. But John Locke feels like he has to be there because he's possessive of this island. He feels like he's entitled to whatever mysteries this island holds and no one else can be trusted. He's selfish. Sorry. I don't well, mean to be would, so angry. What would the um, uh, uh, oh. people... Uh, but, I mean, but they... I'm in sorry. A, in a way, they can't. In a way, they can't be. In a way, they—they he's right. They wouldn't get what this is. Like, I get the instinct of we got to keep... Just like there was the instinct of keeping the radio I, signal from some people. Yeah, but at the same time, I disagree wholeheartedly. I'd be like, guys, there's a thing. There were other people on this island. Like, there's an infrastructure. Let's see. Maybe they found a way off. Maybe they found a way to communicate to the outside world. And that's why there are no well, people currently on well, this Boone island. Well, Boone wants to... And he wants to tell Shannon, at least Shannon. Because and at least Shannon can keep a secret. Shannon is Boone's heroine. Locke broke Charlie of her got him off of heroin. Now he's going to get Boone off of Shannon. Ironically, with the use of drugs. Huh. Mm. <laughs> so Locke is like, so you, you, you feel you could trust her? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to go do this. So Locke naturally hits him on the head, ties him up in a really elaborate way. In a way... Where, where yeah. that if he moves one arm, it hurts the other arm. You know what this is, Will? This is a rudimentary jigsaw trap. Oh, like like the Saw movies? Yeah, like okay. the Saw movies. Only uh, it's not lethal, but like any miscalculation, uh, Locke could have caused Boone to break his arm. Which on an island with only one doctor and like zero anesthetic that's cruel now on and the negligent on the flip side on the I, flip side i'm sorry are you defending john Locke well, in I this mean, episode I, 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 look if you want to play devil's advocate okay yeah, I mean, I'll and, listen. and i think <laughs> boone is somebody who nobody seems to have any faith in boone is somebody who need somebody to believe in him and by setting up a painful challenge for him to overcome isn't Locke saying I know you can get out of this I know you can do this and you have to know this too and there's only one way you're gonna learn that isn't John Locke literally the only one in this island and granted it will end up getting Boone killed eventually. But isn't he at least the only one on this island who believes in Boone? If Boone gave anybody a reason to believe in him, then but maybe. No, no, no. maybe I mean, okay. Boone's also the jerk that stole water from everyone and caused the pregnant lady to pass out. 
yeah, that was that was bad form. But um, <laughs> like real bad form. But, I get it. But but but, but, but we always talk about Boone, Boone is trying. He was Boone looking wants for to be good. Boone was looking for Jack's approval, and I I don't know how many more flashbacks we're gonna get with Boone, but. Obviously, he feels entitled because of his mom, but his dad, you know, his parents were either divorced or his dad was dead, too. Boone, clearly, much like everybody else in this series, has daddy issues, and he's looking for approval from a male father figure. He looks for it with Jack. Jack rebukes him because he's going through his own stuff, and so he immediately, in like a rebound situation, goes to John Locke instead. And John Locke, in a... Yeah, he might believe in Boone but this goes back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago with Locke is misguided he's a good man but he's misguided and this is one of those cases where his misguided efforts to help Boone ultimately hurt Boone in the long run and could have gotten him killed in this moment here and now yes he believes Boone can get out of this situation but lest I repeat myself he left a man, an injured man, an injured, drugged man, tied up in a jungle where there is a literal monster well, that eviscerates people. Well, Locke goes off. He tells, <laughs> he leaves a knife. Uh, and uh, a little bit later, he, we start hearing Shannon screaming. And then Boone starts to like, I got to get that knife. Then we hear the smoke monster coming. He's like, I really got to get that knife. I, I don't know about you, Will, but when I when this episode first aired and we hear Shannon start to scream and hear her scream like, I'm tied up too, I straight up thought Locke was a psychopath. Well, yeah. And yeah. I think we're meant to. to we're meant and, to think that way. And yeah. now Locke had put some some bomb or something Weird on salve. Him. Yeah. yeah. And which turns out to be some sort of drug. But now this is my question. He how gave much, him some hallucinogen. How much do you think it's a hallucinogen? How much you think it's smoke monster slash island magic at play here? I feel like it's all a hallucinogen, but we as an audience are that that question is left unanswered for us, but I feel like it's all a hallucinogen. I think it's I think it's smoke monster. Well, in that magic. case, if, in that case, then John Locke's an even worse person because, like I said, Boone could have been killed by the smoke monster. Smoke in monster, this monster wouldn't have killed him though. Smoke monster's playing its own manipulative game. Smoke monster needs Boone. So that makes Locke. it better. <laughs> no, that doesn't make it. That doesn't make it better. But I'm just saying Look, that like, John Locke doesn't know he's being manipulated. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it was any less probable. We know for a fact that this smoke monster has killed in before. Well, I think if we, if we look at the island as a character, I think it's what are the intentions of the island? Not great. No. <laughs> Not great. A lot of people die on this island. But in and there, this case, there must be something in the water on this island to cause unnecessarily love triangles too. It's it's in this case <laughs> though. Got to be something in the water. It's bringing Boone back to Locke, and you know I thought the sequences from a filming standpoint were really good when oh, he, yeah. they're running from the smoke monster. They hide in those trees. Well, I thought that was really well the, done. I thought the lighting was really well done on that sequence. The sound editing in this episode is utterly terrifying. Yes. Um, I forgot how chilling 
this smoke monster as a presence used to be on this show because what I what I remember you know just from having watched the series in it in its initial run I remember a CGI nonsense mess and then a guy in black um, who, who I think acted like he was more intimidating than he actually was but the sound editing in this and in the pilot are so chilling like yeah. it, it like i remember being uncomfortable as they're hiding from this monster and even on a rewatch probably one of the best moments is when the smoke monster actually picks up shannon and you hear these metallic the, grinding noises yeah. and you're like what is that it's, what like is it a is it, it a robot is it part machine what and like what is this supernatural entity that is eviscerating her? They were wise to keep the smoke monster off screen for as long as they could and on it this looks show. So good when it picks her up. Like, doesn't it look so yeah. straight out of a horror movie? You know what's so funny? At this point, you know, we keep saying smoke monster, but at this point, I don't think we know it's a smoke monster on the series. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't actually. seen it. I don't think we see it till the season finale. No, you're yeah, definitely not until later in the season. I, yeah. I don't know if it's the finale specifically, but yeah, you're right. We're calling it the and Smoke so Monster, funny, and it's but, not but, It's not established to be that just yeah. yet. Um, it's just and we've the done monster. The, we've done this for episodes. This is the first time it occurred to me. <laughs> because I think this is one of the first episodes. And here's the only, the only reason I'm looking at the Smoke Monster as a character is, is because, because he of is. For, because of foreknowledge I have in the series. Uh, I mean, it could just be... At the time watching this, I might have just thought it was a, a, a killing machine, you know? A killing and machine, a dinosaur. Oh, man, I miss the days when we thought it was dinosaurs. Early on, we thought it might be dinosaurs. <laughs> Jurassic um, Park! <laughs> um, and this killing machine kills Shannon. and Or seemingly kills Shannon. Yes, and Boone, like, races to the riverbed where her body's all messed up. She's all mangled, and he, he feels her die in his arms, is what he says. Yeah. yeah. So, then when he comes upon the camp where Locke is sitting, he goes right at Locke. With a, with knife. a knife. With the knife that he used but to escape. Locke holds him off, and Locke don't even mind he's coming at him with a knife, because Locke knows that Boone has seen something. Locke, Locke, knows, Locke knows that he's tripping out of his mind. Locke knows, though, Boone is starting to come to an understanding about this island. Because that's, that's what Locke's religion is based on, Locke for lack of a better word. Locke knows that he put him through some shit <laughs> right now, man. And he quickly calls him out on it. He's like, he's like, why isn't there any blood on you? If, if Shannon died in your arms, all bloody, why, why isn't there any blood on you? And Boone's like, huh? And, and I don't know then about... he's like, look over there. And there's Shannon. By the way, nobody noticed Hanging that. Hanging out with Saeed. <laughs> yeah, nobody noticed that the... That Locke came back without Boone. <laughs> and that Bo No, they did notice that because yeah. he talked to Jeff. But that Boone was trying to stab Locke <laughs> a minute ago. Um, but um, and then there's that moment of like at the end of the episode. And this is when I wrote down cult leader was when it go when he's basically he basically gives him like oh you're ready like now we're now we're really gonna well, do this. First he's like how you saw Shannon die. How did you feel? And he was like relieved. Yes relieved which i remembered that response because right before he said it i'm like he's going to say relieved and he said relieved and then then Locke was like now you are ready my young padawan yeah <laughs> uh, come with me as we dig a hole at whatever stupid time of night it is 
Well, you know, it, it's funny. Never mind that you should probably get some water in you. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've come down from the drug yet. It, it's funny because I'm a huge fan of Locke on this show. Locke and Sawyer were always my two favorites. Uh, the people most antagonistic towards Jack, ironically. And I was going to say, is that why you like them so much? Well, you know what? One of the things that I liked about Locke was there came a point where Jack wasn't believing his own eyes. Where crazy shit was happening. And, and he's like, Locke I'm sure was... there's a perfectly logical explanation exactly. for it. But I'm in, in real life, uh, there are a few things I hate more than religious zealotry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that did rub me the wrong way about Locke in this episode is this is the biggest example of his religious zealotry. And at this point in the series, he uh, he doesn't have to walk in. He, he has looked into the eye of the island. You know, he's looked into the, the, the smoke. He's seen the smoke monster. But, like, it, it's still based on maybe it's still based on too much who knows maybe in the rewatch i'll have less patience for Locke's faith because i know what because you know ultimately where it leads and you know maybe also in the eight years uh, since the show's gone off the air i've grown to hate religion even more i don't know the real real life is real tough sometimes guys yeah. uh anybody who uses their faith as a way to tear other people down not good people but uh, in, in, that's that's neither here nor there. In fairness, Locke, I don't think is doing that. Again, he we mentioned it before. He's misguided. His intentions are good, but he goes about it in such an insane way. Uh, again, he physically assaulted Boone and then he drugged him. But Boone don't mind. That's because Boone's an idiot. That's because Boone is a member of the cult now. <laughs> he is. He has been psychologically broken down by John Locke, and now he's ready to be molded into John Locke's apprentice. He almost got Charlie, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that. and But I would argue, and it's hard to argue this knowing what ends up happening to Boone, but I would argue that both Charlie and Boone at this moment are better people for having come across John Locke in their lives. Boone, I feel like it's debatable. I feel like he could have come to the same realization in a way that didn't involve being physically assaulted and then drugged. I feel like a good maybe father-son heart-to-heart might have been just as effective. Or like, I don't know, like a, hey, you said he wants somebody to believe he- in him? Hey, Boone, I believe in you. Personal validation. There you go. (laughs) Locke tried to have a heart-to-heart with him. Boone was like, nope. But it wasn't a heart-to-heart about how toxic his relationship was with his sister. Yeah, it was. No, it was about how... It was about the hatch. It, It wasn't about Boone as a person. It was about, oh, he's going contrary to my agenda. No, it was also about that... Of basically was forcing him to reevaluate how Shannon makes him feel. And is is it that he doesn't like himself for not being honest with her? Like, what is it about the way he makes him feel? That might have been his intent, but to me it came off just as emotionally manipulative as everything that Shannon did in this episode. Um, You know what? It's funny. These two characters both are <laughs> underestimated characters, Boone and Shannon. 
they're both people who need va some validation they're both people who um you know they're both people that if they had gotten off this island alive i think would have been better, better people. people for having survived yeah, yeah. For sure. I think there are people who would have learned from no, all of And this. that's why I'm, I look at the both of them and I'm like, man, the writers were clearly setting them up for definitive character arcs. That's a shame. <laughs> that would have been nice to see. <laughs> hey, people got to die. That's life. I mean, <laughs> you can't take life too seriously. You'll never get out alive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the other people in this episode now this is the whole thing where the main plot and the flashbacks of this episode drove me bananas everything else though was utterly delightful you liked hurley and his digestive issues i absolutely did it he was needs, so funny hurley in this episode hurley needs protein but uh <laughs> but and it was nice that also, by the way, there's a Jin and Sun separate storylines. It's small, but it, yeah. it's it's good for their and, relationship. And it didn't have anything to do with, like, Michael being like, ah, naked lady, or anything like that. Uh, golly gee. Or, or Jin being unnecessarily jealous or possessive. They both got their own little storylines, and they were both wholesome and complete. It was great. So, Hurley, you know, he's going to take a lot of shits out in the jungle, and... <laughs> Jack's like, you need protein. Jin's got fish. And he's like, Jin hates me because I wouldn't eat a sea urchin. Which, Hurley's jumping to a lot of conclusions He here. really is. I feel like at a certain point, Jin was like messing with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jin was <laughs> definitely messing with him in this episode. Which and Jin, was hilarious. And this was the first time on the island. Because we get a little bit in the sun flashback. This is the first time on the island where I feel like we're seeing Jin loosen up. Yeah. And, like, genuinely smile. Like, I think he was genuinely having some fun with Hurley there. Yeah, I think the only other times, like, we've, we've seen him, like, have moments with Sun. Um, usually, like, when her back is turned and he's, like, just giving her this nice, cute look. Um, but the only other kind of wholesome moment we've had with Jin was when Claire felt the baby move right after the crash and he just happened to be there and so she grabs his hand that's been like the only heartwarming moment that Jin has had with somebody besides Sun on the island so far and so this whole like sea storyline with Hurley was just fantastic to watch and for for me definitely on this rewatch the most compelling parts of this show are just seeing everybody try to get along and try to get by on this island together um and and so seeing hurley have to confront Jin, who he thinks hates him like was just absolutely super it was super endearing and it was so so entertaining and like i said it was it's one of the more compelling things I find about this show. Hurley asked Jin to pee on him. <laughs> Which, don't do that, guys. It does not work that way. If you get stung by a jellyfish, I'm fairly certain that peeing on it would just make it worse. Is that? Because I always heard that you are with I, the I'm jellyfish. I'm pretty sure that's but an I old wives' tale. I didn't know that about the sea urchin. I'm pretty sure Hurley was mixing up his old wives' tale. I think he was, too. Uh, but Jin who knows better, is not going to pee he's on her. Like, and also, he like... said he's going to make him eat some disgusting sea urchin. Like, eat the thing that hurt you. <laughs> this was, this was like, 
he even though Jin doesn't speak English, we like at this point in time we're like he knows what's up. He knows exactly what's up, and he knows exactly what Hurley's beef with him is. So he's making Hurley swallow. He's basically pranking him. But then <laughs> it's amazing. After he puts Hurley through all that, he comes and gives him a clean well, fish. I I think he was purposely being being a jerk about it but then hurley throws up and yeah. he's like oh i went too far he's like all right oh, yeah, he's like i went too far okay like because again there is that language barrier so we don't exactly know what's what's in this episode hurley's got to coming out of both ends yeah it, it's so not great it's episode. not great and so Jin seeing the immediate results of like putting hurley through his paces he goes Okay, and so he—I don't know if this was always his intent, like from the get-go—but he he goes and he brings Hurley a fish that has already been deboned and cleaned. Yeah, He's like oh, that's and so great. Now You're Hurley's so nice. Hurley's gonna have his protein. Yeah, and hopefully won't be dealing with the stomach issues anymore. Now, while Jin's doing that, by the way, Jin and Son are the only like seemingly productive people <laughs> on the song because while he's doing that, Son starting a little garden. And Kate came across this garden. And so she starts gathering seeds and for she it. she starts helping. And Sun seems very appreciative of the help. And Kate... I love this so much. Kate is talking because, you know, you're going to talk. I think if I was around someone, I would be talking to him anyway. Yeah, if, if I had been on an island for three weeks and I, I was helping somebody who I didn't necessarily understand, but if I was helping them with this whole garden situation, I would absolutely talk to and then Kate says something kind of funny, not that funny, but kind not like of funny. ha ha funny, but like but polite smile that, funny. Exactly. Sun <laughs> gives her a polite smile, and Kate realizes, "Wait, you understood what I said." And Sun immediately kind of owns up to it because she can't uh, hide that. Because Sun, for for as great an actress as she is once found out has a terrible poker face <laughs> yes um and basically she's like please don't the only other person who knows is michael please don't tell anybody um i'm keeping it from my husband i don't want him to know i learned english basically she knows it will break his heart because he'll know it was because like she why was, would you be learning yeah, english that you were trying to get out and then why would you hide it from me yeah yep. So, and she even says, like, she's basically lying to him because she loves him. Yeah, and she's like, haven't, and when Kate goes, but but why? She's like, haven't you ever lied to somebody you've loved? Then that shuts Kate up. <laughs> yeah, because Kate has lied to everyone she's loved. Oh, I loved this moment. This whole thing was so good. The acting's great. The writing's great. This interact, I, I love that Kate is, I love the way she finds out. We've talked about this on the show before, but I feel like on the rewatch, I have a greater appreciation for Evangeline Lilly's performance than I did at the time. And I, maybe the reason I didn't as much at the time was uh, had a lot to do with I was so into island magic. Well, I mean, the mysteries of the show were what kept a lot of people coming back week after week. It, and, I mean, I always liked it, Evangeline. I was like, but I feel like 
even in general in life i mean with the wasp and so and we're a little um i was gonna say have you have you seen um ant-man and the wasp yet? now by the time this episode comes up it will probably be out it of will theaters. probably it will probably be on dvd by we're, the time this yeah we're recording it around when ant-man and the wasp comes out but um uh yeah she's great in it i love it and um I'm finally. I'm glad she's finally in something where she doesn't have to be in a love triangle. I saw some uh, press junkets for um, the Hobbit way back when, and she was just like, "Guys, just promise you won't put me in a love triangle." And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. <laughs> they like, we promise we won't put you in a love triangle. So Evangeline, <laughs> yeah. about that. So I, I'm. I'm glad that like I feel like she's finally getting some her dues. Because I feel like this show, after a while, didn't know what to do with her. And I feel like her character storyline really suffered for that. Um, so I Well, because the show became so much about the point of the, the man of faith and man of science. And yeah. Their... And then they were like, what do we do with Kate? Uh... And then it was that for like four seasons. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I think that's pretty much it for the episode uh yeah i think the only other thing to touch on is that like you know you mentioned jack being like all investigative but even even from the get-go he's like kind of spying on kate yeah (laughs) but like i i I was telling a friend earlier because i i told a buddy of mine that we were talking about this episode but i was like i actually liked jack in this episode like Jack I know we a, normally rag on him, but like I really enjoyed yeah, him in this episode. And I episode. liked his scene with Locke where he was like making this really awkward smile. Mm-hmm. Like Boone's always attached to your hip, and Locke's like, "Oh, he's not there now." Like, they're, <laughs> they're, and both of them like because Locke. Both knows, of them are like, "This is awkward." <laughs> yeah, and both of them are just are are holding back in yeah. that scene, and they both know it. And they're going through these small talk motions. I, I like Jack in this episode because he's not self-righteous. And he's still, you know, he's still take you know, he's still getting up in everybody's business. Um, but he's not self-righteous in this episode. And his interactions with Kate, and, and this is something when, um, when we're focusing on, like, Kate's past uh, or, like, her abilities to track, you know, when, when hardly anybody else on the island seems qualified to do so. A lot of interactions with her and Jack in those moments are him guilt-tripping her. It, it's just a constant barrage of guilt-tripping because she does have secrets. Yeah. But, like, in this episode, there's none of that. He His interactions with her are cute and flirty. And yes. it's so much easier to watch this show when Jack isn't being a jerk. <laughs> so, uh, what is your... Man in Black of this episode. I already know the answer. Incest. Number one would be the incest, but honestly, like, the entire A storyline is my Man in Black because I hated it so much. And how about you, Jacob? My man, like I said, the the B and the C storylines were everything that wasn't the main point of this episode was utterly delightful. My Jacob would be... The mythologizing of Locke. I love that behind the scenes, like they're building him up. I love that. But my man in black would be the zealotry of Locke because I do think, like I said, Locke is I Locke is I think I I mean maybe I'm crazy, but I think ultimately Locke is a, is a fairly likable character at the end of all this. 
and this is an episode where it's like, eh, you're pushing things a little too hard sometimes. This will happen to him later once they get into that well, hatch. Later, <laughs> later on, it's less... It's less abrasive, I suppose, as an audience, and more heartbreaking. Because yeah. you see how his blind faith gets rewarded, and it's not a good reward. And, and we see it happen time and time again as he gets disappointed and backstabbed and physically harmed and left for dead. And, um, yeah, just all this other stuff. You see time and time again how his blind faith utterly destroys him um inside and out and then ultimately physically destroys him too um because of the constant backstabbing so here yeah it like it, it definitely comes off as really bad here but later on where we as an audience are meant to feel bad for him for clinging to his faith rather than like uh you get what you deserve for being an idiot uh so that's it for Hearts and minds. Megan, where can other people find you? You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And you can follow me on Twitter at <laughs> The Real Will Link. Uh, so, until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Love Lost on the podcast Jukebox Network. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. And if you guys liked the show that we put on, you might like some of the other shows put on by this lovely network. Um, Off the Cuffs, which is a kink and BDSM podcast, which is very popular. Um, Being There, Will Sean podcast. Will he? Uh, he does. <laughs> uh, you would know. Drinks with God and proud to be kinky. Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to this network for, for supporting us, for giving us a platform to talk about Lost On. So, guys, it would really mean a lot if you would show uh, these other podcasts some love. Yeah, go back, give them a listen. If you like us, you might like them. We're on the same network. Only makes sense. Go listen to them. Give them all five stars. Do that. And then also give us five stars. Yeah, we could use it. 